Matt from the Man Cave. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching with your daily devotion for February the 19th. You want the heater? Hey, don't ask for something you don't want. How about the old number one? Oh, <laughs> it went way out. Second Samuel chapter 11, verse 1, and it says this, And it came to pass after the year was expired, at the times when kings go out to war. Oh, friends, listen to that text. When kings go out to war, okay? Because that's where David should have been. If we continued reading, he, King David sends Joab away. He sends Joab and Israel, and they're fighting the Amorites and destroying them. But here's the thing. It says this. David's back in Jerusalem. He's taking it easy. What is he doing? He's resting on his laurels. He's not doing the thing that God would have him to do at that time. And friends, I've noticed in my own life, when I'm not doing what God would have me to do, oftentimes I'm tempted. Tempted to do the wrong thing. And friends, there's nothing wrong with being tempted, but when we when we give in to that temptation, that's where the avalanche uh, comes over our heads and they're poking the sticks trying to find us. Okay, we don't want that, do we? But here's the thing. So that's what he's doing. Now, where's the temptation? Verse 2 tells us about it. It says this, and it came to pass in the evening time. Have you ever noticed when it comes nighttime that men are more tempted? It's just a given fact. I've noticed that in my own life. Once, he, once the sun starts to go down, and why is that is because the devil, he likes to prowl around in the darkness, or he likes to hide, or he likes to present things to you that in the light, you might think, I'm not doing that, but in the dark, you start maybe contemplating it, maybe imaginations start kicking up a little bit, and God says, no, that's not good for you. That's not going to get you to the place you want to get to, and that's not God's best for you. But it says this, and it came to pass in the evening time that David arose from his bed, walking upon the roof of the king's house, and from the roof he saw a woman washing herself, and the woman was very beautiful to look at. Oh no, David, what are you doing? Friends, again, when temptations come, here's the thing. He could have looked and then just looked the other way, or he could have just looked and then went back in there and laid down and says, oh my goodness, thank you for saving me from that, Lord, okay? But what does he do? He's trying to get the best viewpoint, okay? He's checking her out. She's washing it up. And, and friends, here's the thing. God made women beautiful, didn't he? But listen, he's already married. That's a married woman, okay? And then he calls his, he calls his people and he says, um, I saw this woman over there and she's bathing. And here's the thing. The guy says this. The guy that works for David says, you know who that is, David? That's Bathsheba. You know her husband? He's fighting for you right now against the Amorites. You know her dad. And he should have said, oh, yeah, oh, I was just interested. I saw her and, you know, no, what does he say? Go get her for me. Oh, guys, how many times have we said something like that? You know where it started? It started here. He wasn't where he needed to be. He should have been with his men. He's not doing what he needed to be doing. And then it started that he started entertaining those things thoughts. Friends, here's the thing. Married men, I want you to listen to me. Look me in the blues. I want you to listen to me carefully. When you're at Walmart, when you're out and about, when you're going out to eat and you see a beautiful woman, and it's not to say that you don't love your wife, but what it is is something has caught your eye, okay? The world would call it eye candy. God would call it sin. Let's call it what God calls it. Sin, okay? Friends, get your eyes off of that, okay? Because as you stare at it, what do you think happened to David as he stared at Bathsheba? He starts thinking, 
He starts entertaining thought. What if? I wonder. What would this be like? Here's the thing. Before too long, it just welled up in him. Let's bounce to the book of James, chapter 1 and verse 13. Here's what it says. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. God's not trying to tempt you. Okay, that's don't don't throw that accusation don't at God. Put that he doesn't God's appreciate it. Okay, that, oh, he tempted me. God can't be tempted with evil. Okay, he's not even interested in evil. Why? Because he's holy. And he says for you to be what? Holy. But verse 14, here's what the deal is. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Meaning this, we start entertaining those thoughts as men. Who hasn't done it? Friends, I'm guilty of it, but I've repented to it. I love what Job says, okay? Job says this, I've made a covenant with my eyes. Why then should I look upon a maiden? It goes on to say this, okay? Why would I want to uproot my whole life and give it to another along with my wife? Because I couldn't control my mind and my eyes. That's what it's saying. Meaning Job understood, if I'm married and I'm happy, and God has blessed me, and here's the thing, if you've been given a good wife, that says you have favor from the Lord. But Job understood the principle when he lusts, and that is in the inward part of man, okay? And it's like a cancer that grows. Friends, that's why when you see a beautiful woman, get your eyes off of her like that, okay? Just look at something else. You bounce your eyes. You you see her, don't go back, okay? Imagine you going back, is she's going to run up to you with a, a pitchfork and jam it through your heart. Really? Imagine she has AIDS or syphilis. Imagine she is nasty to the core. It might help you out a little, okay? Here's the thing. Imagine her handcuffing you, you and her together, and you're going to go to hell. Imagine that. It might just help you to take your eyes off of her, especially if you're married, okay? And if you're not married, what do you want to do? Man, I'm not married, man. What are you talking about? Pray for a godly woman. That's not the woman you want. You want a woman that has Jesus Christ in her heart. She's beautiful on the inside and the outside. And here's the thing. She'll serve God because if she doesn't love the Lord, okay, she's going to cheat on you. When she gets tired of your act, okay, because here's the thing. This flesh, that's it, it wants the next best thing, okay? And so that's why you want someone that God has done a work on the inside of them and that woman loves the Lord, okay? And I'm not talking about a Mother Teresa. I'm talking about a woman that's hot. Okay, on the inside and the outside. And, and everyone knows she's hot, okay? Here's the, there's nothing wrong with asking for a hottie wife. Uh, Lord, bless me with a hottie wife. Before that prayer, how about we start with the right prayer? Lord, bless me with a godly woman that loves you more than she'll ever love me, and she'll put you first, and then let her be hot. <laughs> okay, but the next verse, verse 15. Then... Listen to this about lust. Back to James. Then when lust has conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. What ends up happening? Friends, I'm going to fast track this story for you. What ends up happening? He's checking her out. He should have turned his eyes. He didn't. Friends, why is he on the roof? He's, you know, listen, listen, he's out, with with Israel, Israel. out with Israel fighting, okay, but he's not. Again, we've already gone over this point, but there's one more point. When it talks about him walking on the top of the palace roof, he's not walking. What is he doing? He's pacing. Have you ever been upset or something's bothering you on the inside and you're really bugged and what do you do? You just pace. Someone talks to you and you're real short with them. He knows he's not doing what he's supposed to be doing. And what do we do when we're, we're irritable? Listen very carefully because this will help you to stay out of sin, okay? What do we do when we're irritable, our spirit's irritable, we're in a bad mood, we try to find what? Comfort. 
Oftentimes, we will go to sin to try to find comfort. Uh, a person might get drunk. A person might do pills. A person might be uh, doing what they know God does not want them doing. Sometimes we turn to sex. And sometimes people go to extramarital affairs thinking that the grass is greener on the other side. No, the grass is not greener in hell, okay? Because the adulterer, you know what I'm saying? In Galatians 5.19, it says the adulterer of heart and the adulterer, where are they? They both end up in hell. We don't want that, okay? And so he's not where he needs to be. What is he do? He calls for, he demands sex. I've heard this sermon preached so much. When we read, again, the original language, it wasn't an answer. Honey, I really think you're hot. You want to fool around tonight? I'm the king. He took it. He took her and he took it. Okay? What happens? I'm king. I got away with it. Friends, we don't get away with sin. You can always choose to sin, but you cannot choose the consequences. Okay? story unfolds like I know when you read it, and I want you to read the whole story. She gets word a few months later, hey, I'm pregnant. Uh-oh. Your sins will find you out. They always do. They always find you out, friends. I, I, and here's the thing. Don't hide your sin or God will expose it. When you're in sin, go to God and confess it. Friends, that what you try to hide, God says, I open it up to everybody. But if you will go to God with a humble heart and say, Lord, forgive me. I did this thing. I'm going to turn from that. I'm going to turn to you. Then he hides it because the blood covers it, okay? Make the sin right with God and with the people that you sinned against. If not, you got troubles, okay? And so what does he do? He thinks, well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go get her husband out of the army, give him a couple days vacation. Hey, you worked hard. Uh, why don't you go down to the house and sleep around with the wife? David's between a rock and a hard place. He's messed up, and now he's trying to cover up his sin instead of doing the right thing. All while God is watching, okay? So he calls Uriah. Uriah is the husband of Bathsheba, and he calls him, okay? Gives the orders to Joab. Joab, send Uriah, and he goes like this. Uriah, uh, they're in the palace now. Uriah, tell me how the war's going. How are you doing? Uriah's probably like, why am I standing before the king uh, giving, you know, Uriah would never be before the king. He would have never even had the opportunity to meet the king. And now, and David says, okay, that's awesome. Hey, I'll tell you what I want you to do. I want you to take a couple days. I want you to go home. You know what I'm saying? And, and then go back to the war. I'm going to give you a message to take back to Joab. But Uriah is a man, listen to this, unlike David, Uriah is a man of integrity. He says this. The next day, uh, David says, Hey, Uriah, did you, did you go in? Did you have sex with your wife? Basically, is what he's saying. Did you party it up? And Uriah says, No, I slept at the gate. And, and David's like, Why? He says, How could I do this when my men that I fight with and Joab, my commander, and Israel, my chosen people, okay, that I'm a part of, are out there risking their lives? I can't be sleeping, enjoying this life, enjoying my wife and the pleasures of, the, of my marriage, okay? And so David, the next night, he thinks, i tell you what, there's nothing like a little booze to get someone to want to fool around. Uh, 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 you better not be high-fiving me. You better not give me a fist bump on that. Hey, and so he gets them drunk. Him and David are shooting, shoot, they're, they're taking shots, okay? All right, you drink. Okay, Uriah is drunk as a skunk again. He sends him home, trying to get him to fool around with his wife, but he won't. Finally, here's what he does. David writes uh, writes a letter to Joab. I want you to put I want you to put Uriah in the fiercest battle up in the front, and then I want you to withdraw from him. Okay, which which is what murder. It's absolute murder. Okay, Uriah dies. David probably so thinks David this. David thinks this. Hey. That was a close one. I got away with it. You know what I'm saying? Okay, she's going to have a baby. Uriah's dead. I'm clean, okay? He's not clean. You know why? Because of God. God's not going to allow this. But you know what God does? It's, it's remarkable what he does. He lets him sit 
in his sin under the weight and the oppression of that sin. And here's the thing, when we read in the Psalms, here's the thing, he was so weighed down by the guilt of this. God, here's the thing, God took away his peace. And during that, that, that some people believe it was six months, some people believe it was a year, okay, that he was under the weight of his sin, just grinded. No day, here's the, it was always before him what he had done, just, just torturing him. But then watch what happens. Then God sends Nathan the prophet and Nathan knocks on the door and yeah come on in come on in Nathan says this I have a story to tell you and he tells him about a story of a rich 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 man that had tons and tons and tons of sheep okay but there was a very poor man that had one little sheep that's all he had and the rich man took because some folks came to visit the rich man the rich man took the poor man's sheep and slaughtered him and ate him and David says David is outraged. He's so angry. And he says, the man, as the Lord liveth, the man that did this needs to die. And Nathan says this, thou art the man. You know what I'm saying? And God goes over this. Nathan says this, David, God gave you everything. He took you from being a shepherd as a boy and made you king. And if there's anything else you didn't have, he would have given it to you. Why have you done this horrible thing? And David now repents. Friends, why did this happen? Why did this thing happen? Because of a simple decision not to be where he needed to be, not to be doing what he needed to be doing. Friends, that's when we're tempted. And like James says in chapter one, we start entertaining these thoughts. But when we follow it through, here's the thing, it takes us to a place we don't want to go. And, and, and a lot of people hear that, well, he got away with it. The sword, are you kidding me? When you understand the calamity that entered into I mean, his here's life, the thing, it was his, just, from that moment on, it was heartache and misery, okay, in his life, meaning his life was filled with turmoil. What was he seeking sex for? Watch this. Remember when we said he was pacing? He was going back and forth? What was he, what was he seeking sex for? For comfort? I, I, if I could just have that piece of tail over there, I'll feel better about life. Okay, here's the thing. I'm seeking comfort because I'm not doing what God would have me to do. But watch, watch. Here's the thing. The very thing he wanted the most, all right? Ease, comfort, pleasure, okay? He didn't get it. He got the opposite thing. And friends, that's how it pans out. You don't want to be sinning against God. You don't, okay? Because sooner or later... You're going to pay. Hey, friends, when I was in seminary, I had this uh, one of the greatest teachers that I just loved this guy because he was old school and I loved that. His name was Dr. Milliken. And when he, Dr. Milliken was much younger and he was a boy, his parents, okay, they were farmers of cotton, okay? And one of the things, one of the stories he told over and over again was payday doesn't always come in October. Meaning this, that depending on how God harvested the cotton, how much rain God allowed the, the, the cotton to receive and the, the, the different things that were taking place in the cotton field, okay, would determine when the cotton was to be harvested and sold, okay? So he would always say this, payday doesn't always come in October, but it always comes. Friends, there's no running from the things that we do. We have to make sure that we are men of integrity, that we're doing the right thing all the time. A lot of times, the decisions that destroy us, they seem so simple. This is no big deal over here, but it is a big deal. Before in the Bible, God warns us about the things that topple men, okay? It's always these three things. Listen, it's always these three things. It's money, it's power, or it's women. 
Safeguard your heart. Ask the Holy Spirit to guide you and lead you every single day. That's why it says pick up your cross daily. Meaning this, make the correct decision so you can be a man of integrity. Learn from those people like King David. Don't go down that road. Yeah. Things that you know God would have you to do, okay? And be, friends, start your day with God. Start your day in the Bible. Ask His Holy Spirit to lead you, to guide you, to protect you. Guard your mind, okay? That's where the enemy is Friends, there's so you. many truths in this story, and I'm only hitting four or five of them. I mean, there's just so many truths, but I cannot, let me just share this. I cannot tell you how many men I knew that were destroyed because they lusted in their heart. If one woman won't satisfy, meaning your wife, a thousand won't satisfy. Example, Solomon, okay? How many people do I know, men, okay, who were once men of integrity got slaughtered by some woman with red lipstick and a short miniskirt? Don't let that happen to you. Be content with your wife. And again, if you're not married, pray for a godly wife. Do the you things that you Be know a man to of do. integrity. You don't want to go there. You don't want to do that. Hey, this is Matt from the Man Cave.